Hey guys, in today's episode, we talk some news coming off of week 10, and then we grade some trades in our 757 league. Welcome to the Coach and Commish Podcast. No, not Adam Gase, and definitely not Roger Goodell. It's Chris and Sean breaking down fantasy football for the everyday man. Welcome back. You're here with the Coaching Commission. I'm Chris. Sean to my right. And, uh, you know, I just thought about this driving in here today. You know, we are good at fantasy, but just struggling in our local league, which birthed this podcast. That's true. Is our contracts not going to be extended if we... <laughs> For the podcast. Yeah. Here. Yeah. I, I need you to keep flying up because I'm down. So, I'm, I'm at 10, so I'm only two spots ahead of you, and it's, yeah. this week is going to be crucial. It's like make me a package deal on contract negotiations with the league. So you can get yourself in the playoff contention, say you have to bring me along, and I'll, I'll yeah. take a pay cut. We promise we have a resumes in other leagues of fantastic teams. Um, you guys are just too good in our league, I guess. Just You're just too good. That or we wanted to give you more of a chance. <laughs> I don't know. Anyways, looking off week 10, we've got some some big names breaking some hearts. In two different directions. Cooper Cup's injury. Looks like he should be done rest of season. Got an ankle surgery. There's this possibility, like if the Rams make it to the playoffs, he comes back. But for fantasy news, this stinks. This is yeah. a top three pick. And even with the Rams stinking, Cup was still producing for fantasy teams. Yeah, it's it's a big hit for a lot of teams I know that are probably playoff bound if you had Cooper Cup. Yeah. Um so I guess what what I would ask you, Tim, is or Tim, Ooh, oh, yeah. brother, brother or Tim James? I don't Tim, even know I'll who, take which Tim one. James. I was. That's better for me. <laughs> <laughs> Hope you're listening, Tim. Um, yeah. So what I would ask you, Chris, is uh, you thought I was a doctor? Is that what you're asking? I don't know. I guess I, no. I wasn't going to ask even doctor question. I was going to ask analysis, which is who who's taking over now for fantasy. That's what people want to know: is can I use a Rob? Can I use who? Van Jefferson is available in, I would say, over half the leagues out there. I, I started looking and, and putting some some dollars out for him. But that Swarnet guy, probably butchering your last name there, he's, even with Cup playing, he was getting more targets. Um, so, like, let's say five targets. And then when Cup went out, he actually was getting more target volume. But he's not a touchdown guy, if that mm-hmm. makes any sense. And Van Jefferson really only started uptaking his play once Cup came out. So it's... People know Van Jefferson's name, and he's a big player waiting to happen. So a lot of people are going to go for him. But if you have room to stash, like a, a Swarnak, I'm really hoping that's how you say his last name. I think it's Skoranek. Skoranek. <laughs> if you have the the bench space to, to stash him, his targets were always there with Cup in the lineup, and I think his might grow up there. So if you're at a full-point PPR, half-point PPR, he could be a, a flex to get you in those late bye weeks. I hate the NFL has so many late bye weeks here. Mm-hmm. You know, he might be someone that could could help you out in the flex spot. Yeah, I th- I think I lean that way. I think if for for upside, I think I would probably go with the other two, A. Rob and Van Jefferson. I see more upside in those guys. If you think somebody might actually be a wide receiver two rest of season or something like that. Yeah. Um, do you if if you're having to pick a player, you know, to you're a playoff bound team and you're just hoping for a lottery ticket, you picking up Van Jefferson or A. Rob if they're both on waivers. I'm picking up. Van Jefferson. Okay. 
Yeah, A-Rob, you just think A Rob stays in his role, kind of gets the same amount of stuff, maybe a little bit of an uptick in target, but not not much yeah. changes. I'm going for the home run guy. Okay. Yeah, I think I kind of agree with that. All right. So next, hopefully this podcast doesn't come out before I trade with Daniel. Yeah, hold on, hold on before you put that in there. <laughs> yeah, put that one through. All right, breaking hearts the other way. People have sold Jonathan Taylor this season, and he's finally returned. Yours truly, unfortunately. Yeah. Last week. He's we'll talk about that later. He's returned to form with the great Jeff Saturday. Never coached an NFL game in his life. Wins his first game uh, in Indianapolis. Uh, do you think this is just Jonathan Taylor? You can ride for the rest of your fantasy playoff push and run? Or it's like, oh, great game, Jonathan Taylor. But I'm pretty sure the Colts might try to shelf you here in a couple of weeks. So, I mean, that's definitely a concern moving forward. Um with Jonathan Taylor, what I would say is his schedule is not fantastic going forward here. So, yes, like if I'm speaking to people who have him and kind of thinking about trading high on this performance, I might do it. If, if you think people are putting him back to that top three running back status, you know, he's going to smash rest of season and you can find a, an owner that believes that way and you can go out and get a Kenneth Walker or something like that. Um, I don't know. It's it's close. I, it's hard not to believe that this yeah. is now the new normal and he's just back. But listen, he plays Philly, mm-hmm. good run defense. Pittsburgh, yes, they've sucked, but they got Watt back, and last week they shut down Alvin Kamara. Yeah. I would know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dallas, great defense. Then they have a bye, so you're going to have a bye week in here. So if you can trade him for someone who doesn't you know, have his bye, like – I doubt you can get Joe Mixon after a 55-point week, but the, you know him is an example of someone who's a good running back that's seen their bye already. And then coming out of the bye, they play Minnesota. Um, and then you know for the playoffs, it gets better. But if you're trying to make the playoffs, like you're just not sure that you're going to make the playoffs, I think that you may want to trade him. So uh, kicking back over to you, what I would ask is, um, where do you see him rest of season? Is he a top 10 running back, or do you think he, he, can't, he won't be that? I don't think he'll be that. I think we might see him cap right around that uh, RB2 status for you. Okay. Which kind of piggybacks on what you were just saying. Where you are right now in the standings kind of dictates what you do if you're going to hold on to him and hope for that or trade away big and hopefully you get a little bit of return to help you push into playoff status uh, into the seating. So that's interesting you said that because then that kind of, I think, RB2. Just because okay. the offense isn't that great, but what so let me give you some names. Trade away. You know? Let me give you some names here. So this is would be in a redraft league. There's no keeper status, no dynasty. So just for the rest of this season, would you trade away Jonathan Taylor for Travis Etienne? Yes. Okay. Would you do it for Josh Jacobs? No. Okay. Yeah, that's yeah. there. To me, they're close. That they're, that's where it's close enough to where yeah. I would just see. I would hold on and see if JT. Maybe this isn't a normal. I'm not saying it's not. Right. Like it's possible he's just healthy now. Mm-hmm. Offensive lines playing better, and they go on a run. Then then you you would want him. All right. Unfortunately for my sake, Camara. <laughs> <laughs> uh, going out out of this week. Would I, you trade? Camara? I would still go for. Um, shoot, man. I, the fact that you pause gives me enough that I, maybe I didn't make the wrong decision and I'll be all right. I mean, but. I, I'm trying to think Kamara's rest of schedule. The the use of Kamara is still a little bit in that passing. And the hard part is, you know, are they going to go back to 
uh, who's going to play quarterback rest of the season for New Orleans. Yeah. Right. So rest of schedule for Alvin Kamara is he has the Rams this coming week, which seemed bad, but has not been good. So that's mm-hmm. not that bad of a matchup. San Francisco, not a good matchup. Tampa Bay, not a good matchup. Yeah. Bye week. So he's very similar schedule, similar. I would say, to Jonathan Taylor. I would now in the playoffs he gets first week he gets Atlanta. So that's you know, if you're trying to <laughs> win your first week in the playoffs, Alvin Kamara might might do that for you. But right. um so you, you what's your official answer? I gotta uh, give me one. I, I would uh <clears throat> I definitely it'd be tough to do a uh, straight up one for one, but if they're the main pieces and there's some added pieces back, if I'm getting, uh, if I'm trading away a name like Jonathan Taylor, I want. Camara I think you could get plus. Back. I think you could get something back, yeah. even if it's a, a flex play that you can just use throughout the year. But I, I lean, I still lean New Orleans. Okay. Because in a weird division that they're in, they're going to continue to play for. They're the not. They're not completely out of it to where the Colts are just limping just to stay relevant. Okay. Well, I think that gives people enough information on our thought on JT. I personally, this it's very hard for me to separate myself from my trade and yeah. make that decision. But I would go. Um, I think I would go JT. I just think the upside is higher. I think that mm-hmm. the Camaro weeks, if if JT's back, then he will be more stable. Obviously, if he's not back, then I'm wrong, and he's yeah. going to have the crap weeks he's had already. But I slightly, if you made me choose, I would probably rank JT. Just one spot above Alvin Kamara rest got, of season. You got a factor in too. I did not expect the Colts to go back off of Ellinger, the yeah. tank, the tank quarterback to Matt Ryan. Yeah, Saturday, that, comes I mean in that was and, and that just, factored in my trade yeah. when I made it. I I thought okay, if it's going to be Ellinger the rest of the the season, mm-hmm. this feels more comfortable. But the fact that you know Matt Ryan's back, it's not a crazy improvement, but he's at least competent enough it, to run that offense and get some serious drives. Going. I forgot about it until just then. I'm like, oh wait a second, the QB change. I was thinking they're tanking, but Saturday's like, no, I'm not going to tank in my first debut. I'll yeah. Bring back the vet that can actually throw the ball downfield. All right, moving on to Justin Fields. We haven't really Oof. brought him up on this podcast, Who's but this that? man has been on a tear. Yes, I know you know that, Leroy. Says you. Mm. Sit on the tra- trading block right now. Why? Why would you do that, man? I just, I just don't like you. Um, yeah, Justin Fields, rest of season, top three quarterback. So names. So we're talking Josh Allen. Yeah, elbows a little concerning, but I, I still would put him as a top three. Um, Jalen Hurts, Patrick Mahomes, Tua, Lamar. That's kind of the group that we're in. Where would you put him in that group? So, but this is a crazy <clears throat> thing, right? You throw all those guys up there. the The weird part is that Fields is not going to go against them throwing wise. He's getting sixty yard touchdown runs, over one hundred and twenty yards on the ground with a little bit of passing to help pat in the numbers that that elevates him there. But his his rush floor is up to the ceiling. It's yeah. not. It's, it's, it's Lamar level. It's like 10 points automatic know? every week. That's what you're going to get. That's that, like, that's crazy. That is crazy. And and he's, you know, I was listening to other guys talk about Justin Fields. Like, you want them to be losing in every game. Yeah. Because that makes him just keep going. If they're, like, in the lead or it's pretty even, you know, he doesn't run as much. So I wanted to bring up the schedule because you mentioned that. And he plays Atlanta this week. Yeah. So you're going to get definitely the vintage we've been getting, you know, potential for 40 points or whatever Mm -hmm. but then he plays the jets been a really good defense this year green bay they've been pretty good defense this year then he's got a bye first week of the playoffs philly second week of the playoffs buffalo yeah 
and then your championship, Detroit. <laughs> so you're winning your championship, but can you get there? But I think because he's playing great teams and they, they'll need him, and it's like they finally just ex- opened up the playbook more, that he, he's, he's not going to be affected by those tougher matchups. He's the only reason that they'll have a chance okay. against those tougher matchups. All right, so would you take rest of season Allen, Hurts, and Mahomes over him? Ooh, I would take I would take out Hertz okay. and plug in Fields with Mahomes and Wow. Him. All right. So you have him in your top three then. Yeah. He would be the third guy. Rest of the season there. For me, I would have those three. The debate would then start with Lamar Jackson and Tua. I think those are the other I think that's the tier he's in now. Um Tua's a wild card because he's he's riding, you know, as a Dolphin <laughs> fan, he's riding this train to where people are starting to whisper it's, MVP. It's it's true. Yeah. I, I'm trying to contain myself, but that is a true statement. I've seen yeah. it all over my Facebook with all my you know Miami Dolphin fan pages. But um, yeah, I think it's weird because two is in a situation where he almost has a floor because of his receivers, not because of the rushing. Right. But you know he's he's got some not so great matchups coming up. But he has those two receivers to where it's like I don't care who the defense is, like they yeah. can't stop him. So it doesn't really matter if he's playing against one of the best defenses because those two guys are getting open. Yeah, I was telling Sean off air, I, you know, I felt like a Dolphin fan going for Waddle and Hill and like all my other leagues. <laughs> and I get so mad when when I get an alert and it says big pass play for Tua because I have Tua in another league. And it's it's not Waddle or Hill on the other end. I'm like, Schofield or whatever. I was like, don't get the ball to him. But Tua is just all day. That offense is clicking. Uh, so that's somebody I could see finishing in the top top three but i i would almost i feel that uh jalen hurts will start to come down a little bit still be good i would say the top half of your qb ones Um, so but just because the longevity like they are a playoff team they're gonna run him a little less i think okay so if if you're in the debate and you know this is going to be a very small sample size but if you're deciding between tua and phil fields rest of season Tua's schedule is houston He's got a bye this week, but then he's got Houston, San Francisco, Chargers, and then the playoffs is Buffalo, Green Bay, New England. That's not great either. Mm. I think as far in a vacuum, I think I would take Tua if the matchups were not a factor, but because the matchups are a factor, I think they have similar difficult schedules, but because of what you said with the rushing baseline, I would take Fields rest of the season. So I yep. think I have him four. So I okay. think four is, is where I'd slot him in. So that's, it's just crazy. I mean, this guy was on the waiver wire like three weeks ago. I know. <laughs> I know, right? And I was like, I don't want to believe in picking him up. Good <laughs> on you guys who did. Yep. Great job. All right, let's move on to our party question of the week. Ian, would you like to go to a party in my pants? No, Brick. All right, let's go. All right, our party question of the week is a little friendly debate between Sean and I. We're on opposite ends here. But subtitles or dubbing when we're watching TV shows or movies made in, you know, just to, other countries. Just to flesh out the difference, subtitles would be where it's written on the bottom. Dubbing is when they just put a voice over it in, in the actual language that you know. Yeah, and let's see if you who you guys agree with, okay? Put it in the chat, um, just in the comments. I am team subtitles all right and i think you're gonna ha- i think you will win i think there are yeah. more people on your side but go give your case so my case for subtitles is that i'm one of those guys especially in the world of like buffering if you try to like load a video and like somehow the audio is 
somewhat behind and I'm like reading the lips. I'm like, wait a second. His mouth just closed, but words kept coming out. Like I, it, it bugs me way too much. Like I'm watching up the screen there. And if I'm that, it, it just irritates me. I guess that's, that's my, my one take. Like it irritates me if I know that the form of the words coming out of their mouth does not match up with what I'm hearing, then I'm, I can't get over the fact. So I'd rather see the subtitles on the bottom and read alongside if I'm watching something in a different language. All right, so my rebuttal is that that's me too. Like a hundred percent, I absolutely cannot stand. You know, being a video a video editor and a videographer, and like doing cinema as like part of what I do for a job, cannot stand when the lips are off. Like yeah. I'm always at the at my you know TV trying to do whatever to sync it back up and and fix it. Um, but with that being said, I think it depends on the length. So. I almost would say I oh, I probably might agree with you on a movie that I would go to the subtitles like uh, what was it Parasite that was a great movie that was yeah I think yeah, and that was, was and that was subtitles and yeah. I I I'm always you know push back against any subtitle ones because I mean, maybe I'm lazy maybe I'm just a slow reader but, but I, I don't like the idea of having to do to watch to yeah. to watch something with subtitles some people just are fine with it and they like to read I'm I just don't read often like I don't read books so. <laughs> it's just not my thing. I'm not I'm not a reader. I, I'm there with you too. Um, but in a TV show, so like this came up because I just finished watching Money Heist. You know, push for that. You guys should watch it. Really good. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not like absolutely amazing, but I think if you like that type of Ocean's Elevens, you know, heist type of movies, it's a it's a series and it, it goes through. But because it was the series, I chose to go the dubbing. I started with subtitles, and then I said. This is going to be exhausting if every night I go to watch binge this TV show and I've got to read these subtitles every. It, it, it was to me what it was is it detracted me from even wanting to watch the, watch it. So I was like, I'm going to suck it up. I'll get used to it, and mm-hmm. I did. So I think if you can get used to it, like if you can push through that first, if it's a movie, if you can push through that first 30 minutes, you start to forget and you're just like, you, you know that they're not lining up. I, I don't know. It's I almost didn't even notice it half the time when I was watching the show. And it's like because that relaxation part. I'm not here trying to read and watch the screen. Like your eyes are going up and down at it's, times. It's to relaxing. That. And then the other part of it is I would rather focus on so many other things in the movie. And that like for me, when I watch a movie, I like to you know analyze the movie. You know, predict what's going to happen next. I, I'm I'm not just casually watching it. Like so for me. If I'm having to read it, it's it's taking away from the fun part of you know engaging in the other parts of the movie. So that's to me that's why I I, I would go the dub. Yeah. So okay. There you go. Let mm-hmm. us know in the comments where what team are you on. All right. Just sub at me. Okay. Subs or dubs. <laughs> subs or dubs. That should be our our uh, team. Be names. a little careful with that. But. <laughs> no. Okay. Never mind. <laughs> All right. On to our seven five seven league talk. When we last week we just started talking about hey we got we are trade deadlines week eleven. Not week Which is 10. coming up this Monday for those listening or watching later. In, in, in almost that alert that we put out in, in the podcast here, uh, we had a lot of foot traffic in, in the trade halls here because there were like just every single day, and it felt like we had to one-up each other. Oh, you made a trade? Oh, I'm going to make a trade too. We were up to like, what, midnight last night, and we were still talking trades. Uh, it's I, I'm excited. It's going to continue because yeah. I think Monday is going to be fun. Because there's going to be teams that are going to like say this is my last opportunity to get a player for the playoffs or just make that trade, and I think we could see a good amount of trades on this Monday. But okay. let's go and review here. Um, we're going to start with our way. We're going to start from started from the top down, okay. meaning they just more recently happened. Um, well, let's discuss the Herbert for Kyler and Mostert trade. What, what was your thought there, David? 
getting Herbert but and trading away that hammy of Kyler Murray? I, I think he was trying to solidify his playoff push here, and he does not want benching his QB1 or getting something to where he's being injured and, and, and really making him lose a, a playoff, not spot, but position, because I think David's kind of a little close to a lockup there. Uh, and then for the meat prints, you're gambling on Mostert, making sure he stays 50-50 with Wilson in the backfield of Miami, and then hopefully Kyler puts down the game controller and uh, stretches that hamstring. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm on the side. If, if you make me decide who won the trade, this is one of the fairest trades I've seen in our league. I think it works great for both teams. I see what David's doing. He's trying to prep himself for that upside of Herbert. I think the Kyler upside that we thought was there beginning of season, I don't think he'll really reach it, especially with the hamstring. Running is a big part of that, and I don't think he'll ever – I mean, he knows this. He's had Kyler every year. You know, if he's not able to run, he's not the same quarterback. And and it's weird because the targets are better in Arizona, in my opinion. But – in, in your, but Herberts are getting healthy. They get, that's what I'm uh, going to say. Apparently. Mike Williams and Keenan Allen need to get back. Yeah. Um, as an Austin Eckler owner in many leagues, I'm loving that there's no Williams or Allen. But for for Kyler, or for Justin Herbert owners, you need the two big boys back and healthy. All right. Then let's move on to our Connor uh, Singletary trade. I'm, I'm just kind of labeling these, but we'll go through all of it. Yeah. And this is between Joe and LaRoyce. Um, excuse me. Connor was traded to um, was traded away from LaRoyce to Joe with Dotson, and then LaRoyce got back Devin Singletary, Mooney, and Kadarius Tony. So it's a harder one to break down when they're these bigger trades. Um, what's your kind of initial thoughts on it? It's it's really rough to trade away as much running back depth that LaRoyce has traded away. A James Conner that had a really good week, finally, right? It's like he sold high on him. But you're coming back with Singletary, who also did a good against Minnesota. So, so he's got some additional pieces. The only I don't care about Mooney as much. Tony might be the little game breaker here for me in that trade, and I I think it's just it was just so odd to see a name of Singletary being traded for Connor when it comes to the headlining part of a trade. So they both had big weeks. Yeah. Singletary did have a great week last week. So, but this is perfect time to bring into my theory of of, of Leroy. So I, I we're like get, to break. We're I getting like in to, your head, buddy. Yeah, we like to break down the the psyche of this trade king Leroy. Yeah. Every every week we've kind of talked about it. And my take this week is, I think he just might be absolutely brilliant. I think what might be going on. Yeah. And feel free to claim this, even if you didn't, you know, mean to do this, Leroy. But what <laughs> I'm seeing is. He's playing off the fact that he's making a bet this week. This player has a good matchup. Yeah, he's a good player. He's he's a low, a buying a low usually. Like a James Conner was not a buy high. He was a buy low, and then letting them go off on his team, win him a week. You know, so he's useful that week, and then not getting too attached and saying, "I'm going to trade this player high right now and go get someone else who I think can be good this week." So. This to me is a perfect example of where that could be the case where he's he's offloading Connor and saying, I'm gonna go get, you know, someone else who can help my team this next week and get to the next win and get to the so to me it's brilliant if that's how it is. It's a it's a gamble game. I know Chris, why don't you kind of bring your side of you think it, it could be a little risky, but. Yeah, first off, unless LaRoyce is like Iron Man here, he's got his computer thing, you know, <laughs> he just moving stuff around and lining up. You know, I just saw Black Panther 
you know, Wakanda Forever and how they got like the little 3D graphic stuff of like lining up DNA. Oh, it works. That's exactly what I see LeRoy's doing right now. He's just like spoilers. I haven't seen it. You know, okay. That was just that was you saw that in the, in the credits, but it's just like, oh yeah, this stuff will work, and, and you know, probability, you know, whatever. And I'm like, this is that's how LeRoy's has to work here, unless he's just the luckiest man rolling, you know, dice in Vegas. I, I, how you see these things happening, and I'm, we're just picking you apart here, finding out how you're doing these trades. I, I, it's too risky for me, way too risky. And he's risking it and still winning. It's crazy. So I like it's coming back to this trade. In my opinion on it, a, another one, fair, pretty fair, pretty fair. Um, I think that getting those extra pieces is worth losing Connor for Leroyce, and he's got a couple of um, lottery tickets there. As you know, the man in Vegas himself should have. So, yeah, that was um, Dotson and, and Tony. Dotson was a favorite of Wentz. Um, I don't know how Wentz, him coming back. He won't be coming back. But Tony <laughs> has a potential to be the f- new favorite target of Patrick Mahomes, which is you know a, a much better yep. quarterback choice. A little bit easier one to kind of evaluate. More low level. Um, we had in Gibbs. And Gibson, Antonio Gibson traded for Cole Komet. Mm. Uh, this is just a tight end need trade, I think. Um, it was, and I had a lot of offers because of the the need. And um, I would well let you. This is me, so <laughs> you talk this through here. Yeah, this is a very. I would say some trades fall into the team need yeah. kind of category, and that's what this is. You know, in other t- situations, this wouldn't make sense for someone to do, but if you don't need a tight end and you can get anything of value for Cole Komet, then. I'm totally fine with this trade. Yeah, two other tight ends on my my bench. Yeah, it's awesome to keep Cole Komet, but for guys in our league, Zeke Elliott happened to me last week. You yeah. know, like I I was like, give me somebody that's gonna play at running back. I got CDH on my team that got like a donut. It's I'd say win win because you don't need the tight end. Mm-hmm. You're getting a piece you can start. Win for him because he needs a tight end. And Gibson, there's a little fear of the ankle and Brian Robinson kind of taking over. So he's probably not that useful to the Royals. Yeah, but it's, yeah, it, yeah, he's. I'm not getting a top tier running back for Komet. I just needed more hope in starting actual players that'll play that day. Yep. All right. And then moving on to now a much bigger trade. This is the opposite Ooh. end of the spectrum. This might be one of the bigger ones we've had in the league uh, this year. So we had Travis Homer and Kenneth Walker. So you're getting the. Handcuff and Walker traded for Tyler Lockett, Dalvin Cook, and then his handcuff and Madison. Wow. So I know you had a little bit of a take on this. Why don't you uh, let the league know? Because this is something I want to discuss in the offseason because I want to guard against having these trades that may be a little more weighted. I'm okay with a little bit of it because we are a keeper league, so that comes into play, and you just have to be prepared for those things. But I am a little scared that – the league may be in trouble if we start to have teams completely quit and then we see crazy lopsided. This one to me is not crazy lopsided, but you did see a little bit of a hint of this is for next year. Yeah, I saw that the hint for next year just because Dalvin Cook seems like he's starting to heat up now with, with his involvement in the in this new offense. And I just, just knew the value, the keeper value was in play here with Kenneth Walker, right? Like... It's we don't want to get to that point where we are, like you said, trading away and tanking and stuff. But this was like, hey, Walker still can win Mike Weeks, but adding Tyler Lockett that was like a power play from David and Mike saying, I want Walker for next year. I am willing to put Lockett in here because yeah, I'm at eleven, right? Mm-hmm. That's he just understood his position, saying I want Walker. The odds are against him of making the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, and then and David saying, hey man. 
yeah, I know you want him. And I'm, I like his value too. What else you can offer me? Like it was a power play from the guy that's in, you know, playoff position now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And a, a smart move by Mike for, hey, there's no way unless I got the luckiest run ever and everyone else sucks for me to get in the playoffs. Yeah, so looking at David's roster here, um, he's he, he'll be able to slot Tyler Lockett in there now, I think. He's on bye this week. That was probably another factor for oh, yeah. because, you know, he's trading away bye week players. David can absorb kind of or I'm sorry. Um, Mike, who's not trying to make the playoffs, is like, I don't really care about the 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 bye week. I can, you know, the keeper value is what I care about. It doesn't matter for the bye week. So that's another thing to why David probably is you know, hyped on getting this trade done. But I think once Lockett comes back from by, he slots in there to, to where now David's going to have Hopkins, Devontae Smith, and then he can either play Lockett or Myers every week. He's got mm-hmm. digs. I mean, to me, this move has firmly put David as the number one guy to beat for yeah. our league. I think he now has solidified that if you want the championship, you're going to have to beat David. Yeah, and Mike low-key got a pretty decent lineup once you put Jonathan Taylor and Walker together. You know, a little miss on receiver. So, you know, it's definitely not a um, Cam Akers trade. So I can't really fault you there <laughs> on, on that end. Let's just be honest, okay? Yeah, so I would say that, you know, this is one that's kind of split. For next year, absolutely, Mike wins this trade. I love it for what for what Kenneth Walker's value is. To me, getting him in what will most likely be the fourth or the third round right. is going to be a steal and Huge probably steal. the best value at running back that anyone gets. Mm-hmm. And then for David... I think, as I just said, this puts you at the position to win the championship. Yeah, you got to be all in right now, and that's what he is. You don't worry about keepers next year. If you, if you got a chance for the ring, go get a second one, David. So, and I I do want to bring up. I know this podcast is probably gonna be a little longer than our normal ones, but it's okay. Just reminder, so it's on tape for the off season. I do want to discuss this portion because I do think it's it could become a problem even in the last you know couple of days here of our trade deadline of people yeah. that decide they're out kind of getting out Mm -hmm. and just you know trading those pieces so the two options i see and we may do both or a version of both i think we may need to as much as i hate this and i know i love the trades and i want to trade as long as possible we may need to move that trade deadline back a week we're at 11 a lot of leagues do 10 Mm -hmm. maybe we go back to that 10 maybe we do the research and we say we need to go to nine to really protect ourselves from people having trades that are clearly just for next year yeah but that's one option and the other part of it would be Maybe you just have two different trade deadlines. You have one that is a player, um, the top tier players, their trade deadline is done in week eight or something or nine, just to fully protect that nobody's going to trade away that keeper piece um, to a team that's contending. And then the lower level players. So let's say there's a rest of season ranking that we, we follow. We say, this is the website we're going with their rest of season rankings. Well, no matter what it is that week, their list of rest of season top 12 in its position from week nine on cannot be traded. So mm-hmm. like a Kenneth Walker rest of season, I would assume is in that category would not be allowed to be traded. So those are just some ideas I have going on. You guys feel free to hit the chat up or, be thinking in the off season. I, I I would like to protect a little bit against this, or just give your thoughts and say, you know what, we're a keeper league. This is part of it. Just yeah. deal with it. We but, it, yeah, we can deal with it. Or you know, like I am having the worst luck this year. It probably is best time to look at. Hey, this is probably the worst case scenario. You know, enter Chris's team. That's true. And then kind of look at where was Chris's hopes completely gone. You know, <laughs> and then we can find that's when trade deadline early. So like, or maybe buffer it up a week because. You know, it, it usually in our league is not this lopsided. Yeah. 
Yeah, at this point. All right, um, moving on to another big blockbuster trade that happened last Woo-hoo. week with myself. Instant regret from what happened this <laughs> uh, this week. So I traded away um, Jonathan Taylor for Alvin Kamara. This is just a little behind the scenes. I tried to get this trade done a week or two ago when Jonathan Taylor was dealing with the ankle and we weren't sure if he was going to play. Um, he did not take the trade then because, mm. I, I mean, he was hurt and he wasn't sure on it. And then Jonathan Taylor looked like he was coming back. He then approached me again. It was like, you know, maybe we do this this JT Kamara thing. And uh, I did it. So now we had – I. it was pretty much straight up JT for Kamara. There was other pieces involved. Um, I'm, like, totally blanking. I was DeAndre Carter. DeAndre Carter and, and – um, Curran Williams. Yeah, Williams. So <coughs> those two pieces are very ancillary. Mm-hmm. I wanted the upside of having another running back. Um, so that was kind of why I pushed it for that. But really, it's it's JT Kamara, and I think I'm in the trade, so go for it. I think it's even, you know, when he went – Mike here, again, when you look at it what, a week or two ago when you are trying to push the trade with the ankle thing, Mike was still this, like, he has a long shot hope because mm-hmm. his team was actually good at the right time that he could have made some type of run to be relevant. So good on you not looking at – I'm going to get the value quick on JT. But now after knowing that – you know, the week removed from that, I think this was a good trade on, on both ends. I think it's even, to be honest. And, and we talked about it, I think, earlier. It really comes to the rest of the season schedule for both of those guys. And do you trust that Jonathan Taylor is, is completely healthy? Yeah. I think there's a lot to be uh, – to me, it's TBD. It's, it's one of those that week one of this trade, big win – to Mike, yeah, <laughs> Camaro was doo doo and JT week, week to week you know? smashed. Yeah, so I I cannot deny that portion of it, but I do still think the jury's still out. We'll see rest of season. To me, it's going to come down to can I make the playoffs and can Camaro be a part of that? Yeah, if that's the case, this trade was worth it, and I can you know look back on this week and say it was okay. It was okay. <laughs> <laughs> now I don't make the playoffs. Then I mean, even if Kamara is good rest of the season, and I don't make the playoffs, yeah. I lose this trade because Kamara is going to be probably suspended next year, and I'm not going to keep him. So oh. that's, <laughs> that's that's true. the breakdown I see on on who won that. Trade. Yeah, I forgot that second part. We were discussing that. Yeah. All right, so I don't know how far we're going to keep him. There's a lot in one week, guys. Jeez, let's hit these last two real quick. So we had um, DeAndre Hopkins and Olave were kind of the big pieces that were swapped in this trade. Um, scrolling down, trying to find this one. Here we go. So it was D Hop. Um, and for A.J. Dillon and Alave. Um, A.J. Dillon, a little bit of a throw in there. I'm not sure that's yeah. a big piece of it. He's uh, w- fallen afar from a draft day. Yeah. People, people really thought he was going to be something. I know. You know? What, what do you think of the, that trade there? Uh, I think it's. Um, I think you see a little bit of keeper value here in Alave compared mm-hmm. to Hopkins. Hopkins is a win for David right now. I do want to put a uh, what I call a Reverend collusion, maybe. No, just kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> All I just these want, trades. I want to stir this a, up. I just want to stir this up. Okay. I was say, um, but a lot one with Mike for keeper value. But Olave is the number one target in New Orleans, so you can't say like, oh, you're completely something. Like they're both producing right now. Hopkins is just a, a proven commodity when it comes to I'm going to get you almost ten catches a week. Yeah, I think that's. I don't need to say much more about it. Keeper value goes to Olave. This year, rest of season goes to the Hopkins side. Yep. And then our last one on here, uh, another big blockbuster that had happened last week, so I think we got to bring it up, is Saquon for Josh Jacobs and CeeDee Lamb. What's your thoughts on that one? 
I just want to say, dang. <laughs> Especially because CD this past week finally was looking great against Green Bay. And right? Leroy, Royce, you know, I got to give you props because to me, you are the trade king, not just in the fact that you get all these done, but you do not let your biases into yeah. your trades. It's and you fan. are a Cowboy fan. I know you wanted CD real bad. Okay, he just, has. I had him. He kept asking. You see the value that he has to make a trade, and you had no problem pulling that trigger and getting a potential league winner in Saquon Barclay. So, um, great it. Where are you at? Yeah, uh, I think it shores up LaRoyce's team of getting himself a prime back, but Andy gets two startable pieces back for a playoff push and maintaining himself in the picture. I love that he got Jacobs back and Lamb. Jacobs, I mean, it's the it's not his really fault. It's it's the McDaniel's error or whatever his name is, the coach. But I think I think Andy wins here because he I gets was gonna say, more I'm gonna points. Push on you, who wins yeah. it? Yeah, a- Andy wins because he gets two players that are going to get him more points in his lineup compared to Barkley just being one. That's where I lean in a vacuum. That's where I would lean. Um, if you're a team that can absorb this, which maybe Loris's team can. Um, then I'd like kind of two for ones and getting the better player. But to me, this puts a lot of pressure on Saquon Barclay being top three rest of season. If he is not winning you, if he's not dominating every week, you're going to look at this trade and go, if I had those two players, I could have won this yeah. week. And I hate how much LaRoyce's squad can absorb <laughs> those type of hits and keep winning. Like, I know. it's just unfair. <laughs> you know, it's just unfair. I'm wearing no hat just for you, LaRoyce, because no cap, as the young kids say. Like, let's make this trade happen. You, me. Yeah. You think I wasn't going to go a whole so we're episode? Gonna, we're going to end the episode yeah? here. You, with me. That. Let's go. Yeah, you know, you want Jefferson, come on out here. I'm fielding offers. Better be, You better get a whole, trade me your whole squad. All right. That's what we got for you guys this week. Hopefully you enjoyed it. Um, I think next week we might we might do a little comparison, you know, like we used to do the office. Who's who's a office character in our league? Each person's compared. Maybe a Thanksgiving one. Maybe remind us: Have we done a Thanksgiving comparison um, to you guys with the types of foods? Maybe it was just your teams. I don't know. We'll do something. Drop us in the chat. Give us the content. Um, for those of you not in our league, thanks so much for listening. We have a ton of stuff on TikTok and Instagram. We're starting to every single day post something yep. on there. Give you guys help for rest of season, you know, wide receiver rankings, trade for candidates. Um, so check us out there. And that's it. All right, guys. Deuces. Deuces. Thanks for listening to the Coach and Commish podcast. Don't forget to check us out on Twitter and Instagram at Coach and Commish. And join our Facebook group called Fantasy Football Advice with the Coach and Commish for direct access to weekly waiver wire and start sit advice.